This podcast is not intended to provide any investment advice. The opinions expressed here by either the hosts or guests do not necessarily reflect the views of PSA, Collectors Holdings, or any of their affiliates. Any discussion of collectible values in the past or present is not a guarantee of future performance. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of the PSA pod. First show of April 2022, Ryan Green and Jack Archer here from the NBA Jam studio at our Orange County, California headquarters. And uh, we've got so much to talk about today. I'm, I'm excited to get into all of it. It is, in my opinion, the best time of year. We have baseball starting in just a few days. We have the NBA playoffs starting soon. We have the Masters around the corner. It is just a perfect time of year if you are a sports fan. And if you're a sports collector, because this is kind of like peak time for so many things. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun to see like your PC players uh, pop off or get mm-hmm. hype. It's fun to see new players uh, just really impress in spring training, like like Bobby Wood Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just, uh, it's a really great time to to be a collector whether you're buying right now whether you're selling right now whether you're trading right now there's just a lot of movement and a lot of fun to be had totally and you mentioned bobby witt jr that is a name that's going to come up a little bit later in the show today we're going to talk uh a couple different things with baseball opening day coming up this week we're going to be talking basketball uh the nba regular season winding down the playoffs are right around the corner and you know to to start off you know we we want to dive into two things And first off, how do we not talk about the splash that was made this weekend? Now, WrestleMania, I don't know if you're a big wrestling guy, Jack. I I don't follow it. Um, I don't follow wrestling either. I used to like it when I was a kid. I was terrified of The Undertaker. And I remember watching one of those like promo videos they used to do. And (laughs) they said The Undertaker was born in Death Valley, California. And to me, Death Valley, California was the most like mysterious place ever. And as an adult... Who then moved to Southern California? Death Valley is just like a random place you drive past on your way to Vegas. But as a kid, you knew it was close by, and you're like, "Yeah, I don't want to go there." It was terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely I was, terrifying. I was more scared of the Paul of uh, Paul Bearer. Remember him, no. the guy that walked him to the ring uh, early in his career. That was anyway. WrestleMania was this weekend, which you know, in in kind of the sports and entertainment culture, you know, sphere is a big big deal. It's a two night event. Well, anyway, uh, Logan Paul who is, is known as a very, very avid Pokemon collector, um, made a big splash on Saturday afternoon when he shared on social media a preview of his outfit for uh, WrestleMania. Outfit, costume, not sure what you call it. But around <laughs> his neck, so he made it popular uh, before one of his exhibition boxing matches. He had, a, he had a graded, I believe it was a Charizard around his neck, that was kind of encrusted in jewels with a with a big fancy yeah, chain. Yeah, it, it's casual. Yeah, honestly, like you walk around the office here and you see people wearing the same thing. Yeah, of course. I got I got all my football slabs. You know, I, I change it up every day of the week. I got different. You know, depends on the mood I'm in. But, to a pink camo mosaic. Just yeah, exactly. Wrap some right? diamonds around it. <laughs> nice gold prism with the with the gold rope around my neck. But anyway, Logan Paul, um, he upped his game from the first time he did this. Around his neck, he had the, the only one, PSA 10, 1998, 
Pikachu Hollow Illustrator, which, uh, you know, a few episodes ago, we talked about this card. Um, it has been called basically the T206 Honus Wagner of Pokemon cards. Only about 40 copies exist. Uh, 24 have been graded by PSA. 24 cert numbers have been created by PSA for this card. That is the one and only PSA 10. And to my knowledge, there had never been any photos public of this card until this weekend. Like, it was, I think it was rumored that Logan Paul owned it, and now it's all come out. Yes, he does. Apparently, he spent what five point six million, five point seven. I think he said it was five point three, just under five point three. Uh, on his Instagram today, he unveiled the the history of the sale. It was it was an impressive move. It was perfectly on brand for him. I think it's great for Pokemon cards and Pokemon collectors, even if they might not realize it or might be kind of oh, totally put off by his outfit. I, I thought he looked kind of cool. Like like as crazy as it sounds, he's a, he's a he's at a he's at WrestleMania, you know. I, I thought it all kind of fit. It was unbelievable. And so from his Instagram post, just to give a little bit of the background, he said, the real star of WrestleMania, my one of one PSA 10 Pikachu illustrator that I purchased for 5.275 million, officially setting the Guinness World Record for most expensive Pokemon trading cards sold at private sale. The Pikachu illustrator is the rarest Pokemon card in the world. Only 39 of them exist, and this is the only PSA 10. And he said, up until this weekend, there were no pictures or videos of this card anywhere online. The previous owner was extremely private and its, its existence was only a rumor. Like, that is crazy. Absolutely crazy. I'm thinking right now, would you rather own the 1952 Mantle PSA 9 that sold for around that, around that dollar amount uh, mm -hmm. about a year ago, year and a half ago? Or would you rather have this pop one elusive PSA 10 Pikachu Illustrator? And you get to keep the chain. So you know what's crazy? If So I started working here about six months ago. And I knew nothing about Pokemon before working here, right? If you would have asked me six months ago, it's a no-brainer. And if you ask me now, I, I have to think about it. I still lean to the mantle, probably pretty strongly. But knowing the history and just how cool the story is behind this card, man... Like that, that's something that it doesn't matter what you collect. If you're a collector, like that story connects with you. Do you have a, a, a favorite Pokemon card right now, visually or, or, or story-wise or anything? Um, not an individual card, but I've seen as I've learned more in the last six months and, and seen more individual Pokemon. Two of the favorites that I like to see are, I, I like Raichu cards and I like Umbreon cards. I think Umbreon cards have maybe my favorite artwork of anything I've seen. What about you? I, uh, there's a 1995 top sunset that came out in, in Japan well before, um, all this mm -hmm. stuff hit the U S and they were in collaboration with this company called Bandai. And a lot of them were distributed via, um, like vending machines. Like mm -hmm. you put like quarters in and you, you twist it and the card comes out and they're really, really beautiful. And they have this like mosaic -y, prism -y feel to it. And it looks nothing like tried and true Pokemon cards that everyone's most familiar with, but I just think they're really beautiful. I think the art is really cool and I'm, I'm all about them. Yeah, this was a, uh, I, I've grown such an appreciation for the, uh, for the, the, just the artwork and everything. It's uh it's a very cool corner of the hobby and to see it get just mainstream exposure like this is just awesome. Yeah. It's really fun. It's really cool. And honestly, it makes me want to start like, uh, 
start like a serious Pokemon PC. I think I'm going to focus it around like War Turtle or something. Just like a little random, little totally cool, off yeah. the radar. I like that. That's the way you kind of got to go, right? 100%. All right. So speaking of Pokemon, uh, as we like to do with our first show of every month, we like to, you know, if you guys follow us on social at PSA card, Twitter and Instagram, um, you'll see that we unveil data from within our facilities early on every month, but we like to debut some of the key points of that data here on the show. Um, so if you're listening to the show, you get kind of some exclusive listens to some key data points uh, each month here in the PSA by the number segment, as we like to call it. And Jack, I want to read off just two that really stood out that I think we want to share with our audience here first. And And I want your kind of how you how your first reaction when you hear these all right bring it on so we mentioned speaking of pokemon for the second month in a row pokemon was the most graded category at psa for the second month in a row edging out basketball now before last month basketball was king for more than a year running pokemon just the, the a lot of this coming from the backlog still but that is still a very, very impressive note. My first reaction is Panini has delayed a lot of products. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of new football products, not a lot of new basketball okay. products. And when things are being ripped at like a, a high velocity, uh, you're going to be submitting a lot less to PSA. Okay. That's, that's my, my first reaction. My second reaction is... I think this is I think this is really great and I think I just love card collecting as a whole so much even though my focus is on on sports cards specifically I just love how how inclusive TCG and non-sports and all of those things are to bringing all types of people into this like weird hobby that I'm completely mm -hmm. obsessed and completely in love with you know so for some people that's pokemon some people that might be celebrity cards uh, it might be, you know, MetaZoo or, or other TCG platforms. Uh, and I just, I'm, I'm all about it. So, okay. Well, moving to our second note, as we mentioned, we're going to be sprinkling in quite a bit of baseball talk this week. And, uh, one number that stood out in the baseball category, the number one most submitted card, individual card, uh, in the baseball category in March, 2022, was the 2022 Top Series 1 Wander Franco base rookie card. That's, uh, you know, that's, I'll tell you what, this, well, I want you to go first here. What's, what is, what is your first take on that? That's serious business. Mm. And I think people are just, baseball card collectors are excited to rip new product. They're excited to grade new product. They're excited to, go through that whole experience and last year really didn't give us that exciting of a rookie class. No, it didn't. And I think that is really, really helping the, the wander hype accelerate at a, at like a really intense level right now. And this is just sort of something that, that happens because of that. It's like another peak of it. Yeah. No one was rushing out. I mean, I'll, you know, I'm sorry, like Alec Baum, but, but no one was like running out to, to, to grade his stuff right away. And I think people were just, uh, they were hungry for a player that has a lot of potential and a lot of hype and has an insane skill set. And, uh, you know, this is, this is what happens. And people who were hungry for that uh, this season in baseball are going to eat quite a bit. 
Yeah, this well, is <laughs> this is going to be. Uh, we'll talk about it later on. Yeah. one of the most insane rookie classes, unless Tops tries to do some some trickery. But I think I think we're in for a really fun time if you're a baseball card collector this year. Consider that nugget the appetizer, because we're going to get into uh, some more of that a little later. But as mentioned, we want to switch over because you know behind uh, you know Pokemon as mentioned, the number two most graded category at PSA in March 22 was basketball and among the sports categories basketball really really holds that top spot pretty strongly here uh within our operation and this is the best this is the best time of the year for it it it's uh it's really really heating up in a fun way and i think that the eastern conference playoff hunt is going to be is going to really be intense and really be fun and really be unpredictable Mm -hmm. uh there is a lot that could happen and a lot of really good teams and a lot of really fun teams. So it will be, it'll be fun to see how it shakes out. Okay. So, you know, we've got a lot to catch up on in terms of the NBA here, but let's, let's start off by kind of laying the groundwork in terms of product, because, you know, you mentioned earlier talking about 2022 product has kind of been delayed a little bit for a lot of reasons. So basketball has been affected by that. So, you know, Donruss basketball has come out already this year hoops and hoops. that's pretty much it um contenders is right around the corner elite is already out yeah elite nice product contenders right around the corner but you know the big the big dogs like prism and and optic and select you know those are all national treasures all that is still kind of down the line and i'm so hyped for it i think this i think this rookie basketball class is like one of the best ever maybe not in terms of like like the greatest players ever, but like how wide, how deep it is, how deep it is. Like it's, it's really, really impressive. And you have, you have Cade, you have people like Jalen green, who's a phenomenal athlete and has all the potential in the world. And people aren't even like remembering that he was the second pick in the draft mm-hmm. because this rookie class is so deep. Uh, I am extremely excited to get my hands on some product and get, get my hands on some cards in this. Uh, I love Evan Mobley. I love Scotty Barnes. Uh, Josh Giddy plays with so much style and he's kind of getting lost too in Oklahoma city. And mm-hmm. he's been per, uh, it's going to, it's going to be like a really fun rookie class. Uh, and I think they're going to have a lot of staying power and I wouldn't be surprised if, if this class has like five all NBA guys um, down the line, like it really is that impressive. So let me ask, that you mentioned this deep rookie class. Who's your rookie of the year right now? And let's talk about key cards, like because they're not even out yet. So who's your rookie of the year, and what's the card of theirs that you're just like, I got to get that when it's out? So Vegas has had Evan Mobley as like the odds-on favorite for the majority yeah. of the season. And Scotty Barnes has kind of floated in like the, the second place uh, ranking. And then Cade Cunningham of late has been playing incredible and he's really coming on too. So this rookie of the year race, which everybody thought was, was Evan Mobley's to lose is he's not necessarily losing it, but these other players are playing so well Mm. that it's really not a sure thing. And it will be fun to see how it, uh, how it turns, um, turns out. But I, for me, it's Scotty Barnes. Okay. Um, I love Evan Mobley. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player for for many years. But if you look at look at some of the stats, uh, and keep in mind, so Scotty Barnes is six seven, and Evan Mobley is seven feet tall. So Scotty Barnes has a better free throw percentage, a better three point percentage, 
almost a better field goal percentage. They're between they're like one percent uh, difference between the two of them. Uh, he has less turnovers per game. Uh, he has more steals per game, more assists per game, almost as almost as many rebounds per game, and more points per game. On a pretty good team, too. On a on a on a really good team. That's like um, been super under the radar. And he's been playing every sort of different position. He plays phenomenal defense. So does Mobley. But for me, Scotty Barnes is just like the the guy that really came out of nowhere. And if you remember the draft, everyone sort of assumed that they're going to be taking Jalen Suggs, a kid out of Gonzaga, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They took Scotty Barnes, and every it was like a, one of those kind of like big splashy, like oh, kind of moments. And now it makes a lot of sense. And now you realize why so many people were high on this guy. What about the uh, which cards are you looking forward to most? I mean, Prism. Prism's yeah. my thing. Um, I I'm excited to see what uh, what Mosaic looks like. I'm excited for Optic. Optic always kind of like mixes up the design a little bit from year to year. So I'm I'm, I'm always looking forward to that. Uh, for me personally, I've never really gravitated towards select as much as other collectors. Okay. Uh, Same boat here. You, you know, somebody told me who wasn't into cards, they looked at a select design and they told me it looked uh, mystical, like a, like Lord of the Rings or okay. fantasy or something. And I never thought of it that way. And now every time I see it, I think it looks mystical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sorry if I, I've ruined that set for you. Or I might have improved no. that set for somebody who like who uh, specifically loves that that kind of like fantasy aesthetic. I like it more than I did a couple years ago, but still, it's just a little confusing to me. I so own I a just... Devin Booker tie-dye select rookie card patch. Okay. Not game used, unfortunately, but it is a PSA 10 and it is a pop one. It's one of my favorite cards. So you got some love for select. I've got uh, no. I've got I've got some love for select. I, I I like select better than I like the majority of products. But between Prism, between Optic, between Select, I'm I'm generally going with those other two. So rookie of the year aside, who are like who's your favorite rookie out of this class? <sighs> Dude, I I love all of these. Yeah. I love all of these guys. Like, um, I I think either Cade or Mobley, I would okay. say, but I really like Josh Giddy too. I think yeah. that, I think that guy's a player. He's got really good style. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by how much I like this rookie class. Mm-hmm. I like Singun a lot from uh, Houston as well. Yeah, he's um, good. I, I like him. They you pretty know, much gave him away too when they sent him to Houston. Yeah, crazy, yeah, exactly. And you know, look, I'm going to sound like a total Homer here because the night of the draft, uh, I'm a, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. We did not have a first round pick. I believe we had number 38. And at the end of the first round, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, tell me Io DeSumo is going to drop eight more spots. Like, tell me that could happen. He did, and the Bulls acted. So, like, I feel like I kind of have, like, some, like, a personal connection to that pick. And the fact that he's played better than, like, I ever expected a second rounder. Way this better, year, way better. I'm like. that's the thing about this rookie class, like what you're saying, like the guys who even went in the second round, like there's guys who you could see developing into really, really, really good NBA players, like deep into that draft. It's uh, like Cam Thomas for Mm -hmm. Brooklyn. Like he's a total stud and he was totally forgot about him. You know, like there's, there's so many, there's so many exciting players in this and I'm, I'm really excited to get my hands on some product and, and, uh, and, you know, continue to watch them play basketball and it's fun that we'll we'll see a few of them in the playoffs too yeah and 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 i'll say this about the product as well i'm really excited because after seeing the wwe prism product i'm so excited to see that design with like football and basketball because i i told you this like i think the color parallels are gonna pop 
so nice. The border's a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really gonna. Those are gonna be beautiful cards. I I've really liked this prism design, and a lot of a lot of collectors weren't really gravitating towards it when it was teased with some of the the Panini blockchain stuff. But I I really like it. I think it's I think it's really sharp, and it, it continues to grow on me. I like it more and more the more same, I see it. Same. Well, you mentioned the playoffs because you know as much as we love talking about the rookies you know the stars are getting set to take center stage like big time here as we get into the postseason so who's like really you know th there's so many guys getting hot right now like you saw what luca did this weekend there's so many like big name guys who are just like it it's like they're professionals or something right they're like hitting that stride. they're peaking at the yeah, right time, at the yeah. right time who do you who who right now is just really you're like i can't wait to watch this guy in seven game series coming up in a couple weeks I mean, there's there's quite a bit. I, I I PC Devin Booker, I PC Jason Tatum. So like those two guys are people that obviously I'm obviously yeah. obviously excited to see. Uh, I can't I can't wait to watch Luca. I think I think if he makes a really big splash in the the playoffs this year and and makes makes a serious run the way that he's been playing, I think he could make that the next leap from being a superstar. Uh, Being like, like a transcendent star, essentially. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, everyone kind of feels that he's special, and I think this is his time to to really prove it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm I'm very excited to watch him play, and uh, I mean, the Cavs. I can't wait to see them. They're they're probably gonna be in the playing tournament, but to to see what they can do is gonna be fun. If the Hornets are in the playoff, the playing tournament in the East is gonna be pretty oh, crazy. Yeah. And then you have Trey Young and the and the Hawks too. Like I think they could really shake things up. It's gonna be. It's going to be really fun. Um, I know you're excited for someone because you saw him play yeah. at the Lakers game uh, a couple of days ago or last night. Yeah, so I went to the Lakers game Sunday. I've, I haven't been to an NBA game in like five, six years. I'll preface it by saying that. And I, and I don't follow the NBA as close as I used to. I still you know, have my finger on it, but I used to be all in on it, right? Nikola Jokic, like I know big men. I'm, I'm, I'll preface it by saying I know big men don't get get the love in, in the hobby. It's like you were saying, it's like the pitchers in baseball, right? Like the, the, the ceiling in the hobby is kind of there, but my goodness, watching Nikola Jokic play in person, like just so effortlessly dominating a game, like in so many different ways. I, it's funny cause we were sitting there, our seats were right across from the, the nuggets bench. And I'm just sitting there in disbelief. Cause I'm like, man, Jamal Murray's still in street clothes. Michael Porter's in street clothes. Like they still have a decent roster around him, but it's nothing com special compared to yeah. what it could be. So obviously this is a guy who lays it all on the line and like, you can see the passion he plays with. Like when he's out there, I can't wait to see him potentially just take over a playoff series and throw the nuggets on his back and potentially knock somebody out. Yeah. He's, He's insanely special, and he, he's bigger in person than than he even looks I on, on TV. He's a uh, giant, an absolute giant. He is. He's in that 2015 rookie class too, and yeah. uh, in terms of like silvers, in terms of green prisms, that type of stuff, all relatively short printed. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm surprised, like you said, big men in the hobby typically don't get a lot of hobby love. There's not a lot of Aiton collectors, not a lot of Bam out of bio collectors yeah. or or in beat collectors for that matter. But I feel like there is a lot of room in, in his card specifically. And I think there's a good chance that he's going to prove a lot of people that that don't collect centers uh, going to the playoffs uh, completely wrong.
Yeah, and I mean, looking even looking at just Card Ladder, you know, the parallels of his of his Prism rookies, like the 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 light blue Prism out of one ninety nine. I mean, you're looking at about you know, it's 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 basically under two grand still, which is kind of stunning. It really for a is. player of that caliber who won the MVP last year is the favorite is to likely going to win it again. Year. I mean, that's that's crazy. I'm a big silver Prism guy, so like. I'm again looking at card ladder a PSA not the PSA nine value on his silver prism is barely over seven hundred dollars, and as you mentioned, it's a relatively short printed card by comparison to you know products five six seven years later to the ultra mountain standards. What's craziest about him too is if you if you look at the advanced metrics, like if you go to like five thirty eight and look at like mm-hmm. the Raptor scores and stuff, he's so far and away. The best player, not only in offense but in defense, it like it literally feels like their algorithm is either completely tailored to his play style or is like broken, and he's a cheat code. It's 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 impressive. Well, again, like you said, the roster around him probably not anything that's going to be getting to the NBA Finals, barring some crazy run. There there are so many possibilities here for what we're going to see in June at the beginning of June when the, when the NBA Finals tip off. But let's tie that into the into the hobby with 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 everything being the way it is right now. What do you see as the NBA Finals matchup that you know? I guess not only you want to see, but for the hobby, you think is potentially the biggest boom. John Morant, one hundred percent versus maybe the Celtics. Okay, I would say, or yeah, probably the Celtics. Okay, Celtics Grizzlies. I like that. That could be a fun series. That's uh, so. So here's my question. I I see. I I totally get why you say the Morant and the Grizzlies, right? Because I mean, in this in the hobby, he's a, Morant's a star. He's a watching the he's, Grizzlies is like watching a blockbuster movie. Yeah. It's just so, full of like splashes and explosions and stuff. It's a, it's amazing, good time. So on the Celtics, let's talk about that from a, from a hobby standpoint because it it seems like with Jason Tatum. Like he may be finally taking that step in the hobby this year. Yeah, he's been he's been like intense lately. Like yeah. he's not he's not smiling and like trying to make friends anymore. And it's been really fun to watch him just really take it to the next level. And he had that great quote with Joel and B the other day. He said he said something along the lines of, Hey, I really think you deserve to be MVP this year. And then he said, Enjoy it because I'm winning it next year. <laughs> And just that kind of intensity and confidence is, is really fun to see from a player who who was previously described by some as being soft mm-hmm. or being uh, you know a little a little bit too carefree about winning or not. You pair that with Jalen Brown, who also gets a lot of hobby love, uh, two young superstars. I think it could be I think it could be a really fun matchup. Uh, I mean. Giannis is great for the hobby. There's so many Giannis collectors, but they were there last year. So it would be more interesting to me to see it, to see it uh, mixed up a little bit. And I think in terms of young stars that have a lot of hobby love, I think I think the Celtics the Celtics have two of them. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it, it did. It, it's funny because it looked like such a long shot earlier in the year, but now compared to the way him and the team are playing, I want to see Luca make a run. I, I want to see him make that deep run in the postseason and get to the finals and get to that stage. I know he's so young and there's going to be so many opportunities, but just I've I've caught a little bit more of them the last few weeks. I really want to see it happen this year. You know, I 
I, I think you're right. I think if Luca was in the finals, that would be the best thing for the hobby. You think so? I really do. I think John Morant is so special and so fun and people love him. But Luca, he feels like foundational yeah. in the hobby, like already. Like he's a guy who could take the mantle, right? In a, in a, in a really, really big way. Mm -hmm. So it will be fun. Watch it get him. Like, what would be the worst finals for the hobby? Let's <laughs> let's think about that. Okay, so I think, like a long shot. We're saying is no, like or a realistic shot. I'm gonna say the East. I would say Sixers. There's not a lot of Embiid collectors. No, mm -hmm. nobody wants Harden cards for the most part. Despite mm -hmm. despite the numbers he's put up in his career. Yeah, I I would also, and even though they're likely, well, they are in the play-in. I'm probably gonna lump the Nets in that too. I, I, you know, for, for all the star power they have, I feel like there's just not like, they're not as buzzy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I don't know that the hobby would really like embrace them making a deep run. Like they would Boston jazz versus Sixers, the mm -hmm. worst possible NBA finals. Yeah, I could see that. And now the only benefit to the hobby would be if like Donovan Mitchell then goes somewhere else this off season and he's coming off of a finals appearance or something like that that's not gonna happen but that's if he's coming off a yeah, finals right, appearance right. he's probably not gonna yeah he's not gonna really. yeah you're it'd be, right it'd be great for the rudy gobert super collectors though shout out to all of you are you one of them yes <laughs> yeah secretly i secretly i'm a huge rudy, rudy you want, gobert you want to pump the market a little bit i get it i, get I know it. yeah yeah uh all right let's talk some baseball dude yeah this is this is this is the meat that we were really excited to get to today Let's 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 preface that by saying that we were we're recording this on a Monday. Opening day is Thursday. Opening day is Thursday. My fantasy baseball draft is tonight. I got one tonight too, and like the news just keeps coming, and it just keeps getting us more and more hyped for this season. Like especially if you are a collector. All right, World Series pick right now. <laughs> Throw your guess down. As much as I don't like picking them, how do you not pick the Dodgers right now? Um, as a safer pick, I'm gonna go Dodgers White Sox. I'm gonna go Blue Jays Dodgers. Yeah, you just can't. You can't. It's, it's too as, hard. as much as I wanted to choose something different, just for the you know, just for the sake of it, I, I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. That, that I just pictured like having to go through that lineup in a seven game series. Like, I unless they just have an unrealistic catastrophe of a regular season. They just brought in Craig Kimbrell too. Yeah. Like their whole, their whole pitching staff is, is, is next level. Like they it's, keep getting guys. I'm like, where do they keep affording these guys? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do a phenomenal, a phenomenal job drafting. They do mm -hmm. a phenomenal job of development and they have a lot of those guys on, on contracts that aren't particularly crazy. Yeah. Uh, and that's, what's so impressive about them. You see, you see a lot of hobbyists, especially the people that are deep into the, the Bowman Chrome first scene. They just look at whatever the Dodgers and the Rays are really interested in in terms of players they're trying to acquire, players that are rumored to be in certain deals, and then and then investigate those players because they're just so good at prospecting themselves, so good at developing players that that it's uh it's kind of a fun angle on it. I'm gonna guess that if you follow the Dodgers and the Rays in, in that practice, you're probably coming out pretty good. Pretty, pretty solid, I would yeah. say. Well, let's uh let's talk MVPs. Because this is uh, this is where we're going to kick things off before we kind of trickle down to some of the some of the younger guys that are really going to be hyping up product this year. Um, you know, looking at back at last season, the NL was a little little cloudy on this front. Bryce Harper ended up winning the MVP award. Tatis was right there, but he had so many injury issues throughout the season that 
didn't quite put together that complete season. The team faded late. And then, of course, Otani. I mean, that, that one of the greatest individual seasons we've ever seen from anybody. And he could very easily just run it back. Everyone, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are so scared that he's going to get hurt in some capacity. I'm one of them. And, you know, I, I am too. But, like, he could, he could be even better this year. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about that. He could be even better this year. So who you got? Let's start. Let's start. Let's start there. Let's start American League. All right, AL MVP. Uh, this one's tough. I was thinking Vladdy. I love Bo Bichette too, but I feel like they might kind of approach on each other. Otani is obviously a name. Mike Trout. Uh, I was thinking about Kyle Tucker, who is a player I'm a big fan of, especially with Correa now on the Twins. Mm-hmm. I feel like it really opens up an opportunity if the Astros are really good for him to lead that offensive charge. But the player that I'm going with is uh, Luis Robert for the White Sox. The White Sox are stacked. And the plate discipline he showed when he came back from injury last year was just really, really impressive. And uh, I am excited to see him play. I really hope he stays healthy. And if I'm tying it to a card, I'm going to tie it to, I'm going to say his purple refractor tops chrome. I think the purple with his black uniform is just mm. a really fresh look it's a it's a beautiful card a player who i think a lot of collectors would love to see pop because you know we talk about that 2020 hobby boom and he was right in the center of it and he kind of faded away last year due to injury due to some other stuff and i, I think there's a lot of people that didn't realize how good he was mm-hmm. when he got back from injury last year he was like juan soto-esque in terms of uh play discipline in in terms of pure hitting he went from a guy that struck out way too often to a guy who had one of the like, some of the best plate discipline in all of baseball, it, it was it was really something to see, and it's flown really under the radar. Yeah, he made a minor adjustment in his in his stance, I believe it was coming back from that injury. And you're right, he was. I, I would you say I, I I think he was a top five player in baseball in September. Quietly, yeah. He, and he also won a Gold Glove last year too. Yeah, uh, really impressive player. I I should probably own one of his cards at least, and I don't, and I might need to Talk fix to that. Between between now and uh, and Thursday, so I'm going with another young gun in the AL. Um, you know, it's it's crazy because I'll say this: you 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 listed off like a great list of names, right? Of of young guys out of Luis Robert, and this guy was not named. And it's crazy because in the hobby, he just goes unnamed, despite what he's done already at age 25. He's 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 barely 25 years old. Raphael Devers. Not a ton of hobby love. He's played essentially four full seasons. We'll we'll say 2020 was a full season because of the 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 shortened COVID season. 112 homers, 367 RBI, career 280 hitter already. He had 38 and 113 last year. Um, I think the question is, can he just stand out enough in that division? That's that's the, I think they all kind of cancel each other out to a degree in that in that crazy division. Excellent choice. He's extremely underrated and he continues to be underrated year after year after year. And I was trying to think about why that was the case. I was talking to a buddy who actually collects Raphael Devers. And I was thinking, was he just like not like a top prospect? Did he kind of mm-hmm. come out of nowhere? I, I think like, like Jose Ramirez, for instance, kind of just came out of nowhere. And no, the guy was a top prospect. The yeah. guy was like the real deal since like the moment he signed with the Red Sox. And uh, I'm just... I'm I'm shocked there's not as much not only hobby love but just general baseball love. He's 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 often forgotten whenever you watch ESPN, whenever you 
uh, read various stories about baseball, about MVP candidates and all that kind of stuff. He's just never there. That's an excellent, excellent choice. And if I'm picking a card to stake it to, this is a card I actually really want to pick up and I've just been lazy about it. And I, if he blows up this season, maybe I've missed my chance. 2018 Topps Chrome Sapphire Edition, Raphael Devers rookie card. Now, 2018 was basically the last year that Sapphire was like super short printed. Only in the PSA population report right now, only 90 graded copies of Raphael Devers. Wow. 73 PSA 10s. So they're out there, but they, they ain't easy to find. And in terms of sealed wax of 2018 Sapphire, good luck. You ain't finding it anymore. So 2016 was the first year of top Sapphire, correct? I believe so, yes. I wonder what having, having a sealed box of that would be, would be a really nice thing to have in the collection. Right? I mean, the, the, because if you remember 2018's product, that was the last year before they went to the eight packs, 32 cards format. It mm -hmm. was, if I remember correctly, it was like a, it was a one, it was a, a box where there was no packs in it. It was just like a hundred cards. I want to say maybe. Can you imagine and, if Soto was in that? Oh my oh goodness. Oh, Acuna was. And Acuna I mean, was. And Otani was. You can't find an Acuna in a, in a gem mint grade under, you know, five, six grand right now. That's, that card's impossible to find. Yeah, that's 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 a product. That's a product. Even without that's, Soto, like that's a product. <laughs> and uh, it shows you what Soto would have commanded in 2019. His second year Sapphire is still a big card. Yeah, and it's a beautiful card too. Yeah. So let's switch to the National League because this one I think is going to be a little murky just like it was last year. It's really tough. It's really tough because a lot of the, the best players all play for the Dodgers. And it's like, yeah. okay, Mookie Betts, okay, Freddie Freeman, uh, Trey Turner. It's can like, no, 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 no. stand out? Like, yeah, can anyone really stand out? And then with the Phillies and with Bryce Harper, are the Phillies going to be good enough to have them really be in that race? Mm -hmm. It's not really a guarantee. And then Soto, he's, he's the runaway favorite right now. But what worries me about Soto is that he always starts pretty bad. Yeah. And then he heats up as the season goes along. But with the shortened spring training... Like, is that going to extend further into the season? And on top of that, are the Nationals going to be any good? Because it thing. feels that's, like they don't even want to be good. That's a meat grinder of a division, and they're probably at the bottom of the barrel right now. So then where do you go? Yeah. Like, do, you, do you look at, like, uh, like Austin Riley or Housie Albies or anything like that? I, I, don't, I don't think that they have the level. Manny Machado I was looking at, if he steps up in a big way, then by the time Tatis comes back, the Padres just run away. Uh, with the National League in, in a big way. Uh, the return of Christian Yellick. I, I really struggled with this. Nolan Arenado and the Cardinals I was looking at. And ultimately, I settled on Acuna. Okay. I, I He's going to be back in May at some point. I think the Braves are going to be really good. And if he just stays healthy with the kind of year he was having last year before he got hurt, um, I think he's going to put up big numbers. I'm really bullish on the the Braves pitching staff. I like Max Free a lot. I like Ian Anderson a lot. I think they have they have some arms. Um, and losing Freddie Freeman is like is a is a big deal. But but Matt Olson can hit some bombs. Like they like, might not miss a beat. They exactly they might not miss a beat. So my pick is the Acuna. Uh, and for the sake of having this conversation be cohesive, I'm going to say he's 2018 Sapphire. Okay. Woo. You find one of those. Lock it up nice. So you mentioned mine. Um, but again, there's like so many guys where you're like, yeah, but I'm going with Nolan Arenado. Love it. So I'm going for I'm going for it with, for two reasons. 
one, I talked about Devers being on that trajectory. That's basically what Arenado is. Like you look at Arenado since 2015. I mean, the guy's basically like a 35 to 40 homer, 120 RBI guy every year. On top of that, my man has had eight straight gold gloves yes. and nobody talks about it. He's got, he had 34 homers, 105 RBI last year. And I feel like nobody talked about it because it was, it was a bad division. And guess what? It's a bad division again this year. So that's the other reason I'm going for it is because I think he could be the best player in just what's a very winnable division. I think it's the most winnable, like it's the most, it's really the only up for grabs, truly up for grabs division, in my opinion. Yeah. I think, I, I think you know, Milwaukee's going to be good because they got the pitching and, and they've always got a very solid lineup. It's really like a two, and I'm a Cubs fan, so I hate saying this, but it's a two-horse race in that division, most likely. Another excellent choice. Another I hope excellent so. choice. I love his Topps Chrome rookie. I, um, I, I, I own his refractor. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful card. And that year, the shine on the Topps Chrome mm -hmm. refractors was just like at a whole other level. A great design because of the same, in my opinion, the same reasons we were talking about with Prism this year, where there was more kind of, of the silver border showing. Mm -hmm. I feel like everything just kind of popped and shined a lot more. It reminds me a lot of the 2022 tops yeah. design, and I think it's going to translate really well once we start seeing the, the Chrome hits come out. Speaking of which, that's where we're going to go next because 2022 tops Chrome baseball is going to be the greatest product of all time. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's going to have, it's going to have its chance, right? So, so let's, let's run this down really quick. So we talked about the Wander Franco hype. He's going to be playing his first major league season this year. So that already kind of kickstarted things going into spring training based off of top series one coming out. Now you're going to have Bobby Witt Jr. For the Kansas City Royals starting the year in the, on the opening day roster. You're going to have Spencer Torkelson, the number one overall pick in 2020, starting the year on the opening day roster for the Detroit Tigers. You're going to have, as of today, recording this podcast, Julio Rodriguez, top prospect in the Mariners organization starting the year on the opening day roster. And you got more to come pretty soon. You know, like Riley Green in Detroit's going to be not far behind. Adley Rushman, the number one overall pick from 2019. So let's talk product because top series two is, is usually an early season, midsummer type of release. Starting with series two, that can be stacked. Completely stacked. And, and tops traditionally has kind of like to play games with, with how they, they, they place players, for instance, holding Wander Franco, who played for more than half the season about, in 2021 until yeah. the 2022 product. But if they're on the opening day roster, I feel like there's really no excuse. I feel like Witt, Torkelson, and J-Rod all have to be in Series 2 and thus all have to be in top scrum. It's just like Luis Robert, right? Yeah. He made the opening day roster. He was in Series 2 in 2020. Yeah, you, that's You that. feel like it has to. And, and they it, can hold Riley Green for tops update. Maybe even Adley Rushman. Maybe That's, even Adley Rushman. But, and then there's guys like O'Neill Cruz, who I'm all about, the shortstop for the Pirates, who's 6'7", mm -hmm. like 230 pounds. He's like a, he's in a, a complete animal out there. He's like, a, he's like an NBA player playing shortstop with such ease. I just, I just love him. He's got speed, too. Like he's, he didn't make the opening day roster, but he could be up in, in May, mm -hmm. no problem. And he tore it up last year when he was in the bigs. And he could easily also be in top scrum. Like this is a, this is a product that's going to have it's going to make up for, for last year yeah. in, in a really big yeah. way. And I, I liked the fact, I felt like Tops got a little more aggressive 
la- late last year. Um, because you're right. You talked about Wander Franco. They used the quote unquote call up logo on his tops now cards, right? Instead of the rookie card logo, which pretty much told you he wasn't going to have official you know, rookie card logo cards until 2022. Of course, he ends up having a, a, a great run as a rookie last year, and he had about 40 tops now cards. <laughs> so, but then when Kelnick came up uh, for Seattle, he had the rookie card logo, and you knew he was going to come up and update. So they spiced up update last year by adding his rookie as a chase in there. So I think that kind of, maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I feel like they're going to be a little aggressive this year, and I think top series two is going to be loaded, and I think in turn, Topps Chrome is loaded. And Topps has new ownership now. Yeah. And so there's a lot of new decision makers, I would I would assume. Um, so my hope and my my guess is that in terms of like manipulating players, like I remember like Jordan Alvarez, they held into the mm-hmm. next year. They, they continue to do things like this. And I feel like this is, this is the moment it stops. And I just cannot wait for all this product to come out because it's, it is fully loaded. Well, let's, uh, let me ask who's the play you let's say tops Chrome 2022 comes out with all those names we mentioned and you're opening a jumbo box day one, whose card you're pulling is going to get you most hyped. I mean, it's Bobby Way, of yeah. course. Friend of the pod. Yes, come on, he is. man. We have to answer that, yeah, right? It's come a- on. <laughs> uh, if it, I mean, him J- and, and, and J-Rod mm-hmm. are, are really the, the two players I would be most interested in, in collecting. Uh, Spencer Torkelson, he's got, he's got pop and he's a great player. And Detroit's going to be really good really fast. Yeah. Uh, they have a, an incredible uh, like young player base right now. Um, and some good pitching, too, with Casey, Casey Mize and, and a bunch of others. But... Uh, he interests me a little bit less than Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez, who I think could not only be like multi-time all-stars, but be like serious hobby favorites for the next decade, two decades. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And it's it's easy to for me like, and trust me, I'm going to be chasing Bobby's cards out of that for sure. Wander Wander having a full year of product run is really hyping me. I've been I've been high on him for three four years now. I can't change. Um, I. I, th- I love the I love the tops design this year. I loved the photo choice for his base card. I'm I'm excited for those. Me too. I'm right there with you. The design is great, and the photo they chose is really great too. And I feel like that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I collect Tatis. He's he's one of my favorite players, but his his photo, the horizontal, mm-hmm. he's throwing. I I love it now because it's become iconic. It's become such a big part of my PC. But like when I first saw that, I was so disappointed. So hopefully they deliver with with Bobby Way, with Torque, with uh, with uh, Julio Rodriguez, and and all the other rookies that are going to be in that product. I like when there's a good story with the photo, um, because I'm with you in that Tatis being horizontal bugged me a little bit. But then I saw the parallel between his 2020 tops image and the design of his father. Fernando Tatis Sr.'s 20 or 2001 tops card. And they were basically the same card. It's so, so cool. So when I saw that, I'm like, okay, I look at that card in a totally different light now. And then, as you mentioned, it's kind of iconic in terms of ultra modern cards. Yeah. Things grow on you. Yeah. It's like one of those things where I look at like, uh, you know, like the board ape yacht club NFT mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I first saw those months ago and I was like, these are the ugliest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like these are hideous. And now that they're worth like, like an unspeakable amount of money, I'm like, ah, oh, 
like the details are really interesting. Yeah. Like those are those are really cool. And I feel like that stuff applies to, to cards and and, totally. and and art too. Like fine art, you see mm-hmm. some stuff, you're like, I don't really understand that. And then you someone explains it or or you, you realize its importance and it and it and it hits you differently. Well, in Wanders, you know, I was so hyped for him to come up last year and then he homers in his major league debut. And that picture is from him rounding first after hitting his first major league home run. Like knowing that, that that hits different for me. Yeah, it's so great. I wish someone had like an Instagram account where they photo matched iconic cards or like or even just popular cards to like the photo that they're taking from. Mm-hmm. So you get to see the full frame and, and everything. Yeah. That, would, that would be that'd be a really fun idea for someone. So now I'm so now what's your feeling going to be like if Bobby Witt Jr.'s uh, flagship rookie is horizontal? I'm going to say it's a good sign because because Tatis can play. <laughs> Uh, well, well, speaking of, it'd be kind of fun if they matched it to Bobby Witt Senior in some way. Yeah, they very well could. Yeah. So speaking of Tatis, let's close on this because, as everybody who's a collector knows, there's like peaks and valleys to all this, right? Guys get hot, guys get hurt, guys bounce back. Who do you think that's maybe been? For, and I'm not saying Tatis was, but you know his his cards have taken a little bit of a hit because of the injury issues. Um, who's a guy who you think maybe has is poised for a bounce back in the hobby this year? So my pick for this is Chris Bryant. Ooh. He signed with the Rockies. A lot of people were confused by that. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why would someone? He's thirty years old right now. Sign for a team that's like rebuilding in a lot of ways. That's not necessarily going to be in the playoff hunt unless something wild happens. But also at the same time, the Giants weren't in the playoff hunt last year and they were one of the best teams in baseball. Mm-hmm. So anything can happen. The sport's incredibly unpredictable. But what has me hyped for Chris Bryant's career, it's not just the extra power he gets from playing in Denver, but it's the fact that he's not great at hitting curveballs. He's not great at hitting breaking balls. And it's a lot harder to throw effective uh, movement in Colorado. So okay. I think in my mind, the choice was very smart and it was very strategic on his part because he's just playing to his strengths. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's hitting like 45 home runs this year or, or something something really impressive. His strikeout rate was down last year significantly. Um, I feel like there's a, like, people forget that this guy won an MVP like in his second mm-hmm. season, second or third season. I, I forget, but he was a really, second, Im- yeah. really impressive player. And uh, I mean, you obviously know this, you're a Cubs fan, but I, I, uh, I just have a feeling about him. And I, I, I think everyone was just roasting his decision to, to go to Colorado. And for some reason, I just feel like he's going to go absolutely bonkers this year. You know, I, I kind of look at his signing the same way and that I think the Padres intended with Eric Hosmer signing where you have a guy who's won a world series still on the younger side of his career, but you know what you have coming up the talent pipeline, right? And you want to get that established veteran star in place for as those younger guys come up to kind of be the leader of love at all. So I I'm in my mind, that's where I think the Rockies are banking on with him. So that said, you're right. A big bounce back year and a lot of exciting young talent coming up the pipeline for the Rockies. I think that's kind of how they're envisioning it. That's a great, great parallel to Eric Hosmer. And the Padres haven't fully delivered yet, but they're close. But there, you can see what the game plan was. I feel like in sports, so many, so many of us are 
like one year too early mm -hmm. with things. Yeah. And I think we were maybe one year too early with everything coming together with the Padres. Agreed. But and now nobody's really talking about them. And there's a chance that they just run away with things. We, yeah. we, have, we have no idea. So we'll see. So for mine, I'm going back to the Cubs farm system because as a Cubs fan, this is a prospect I loved a few years ago. And they made the trade. It, the trade helped them win a World Series. Um, but ha seeing this guy play in somebody else's uniform still irks me to this day. And that's Glaber Torres. I feel like He's kind of at that last uh, that last chance territory that we talked about uh, last week. He's got to deliver this year, or the Yankees might be moving on. Um, but it, it once again this year, it's all set up for him. You're in the middle of a strong lineup. He had a pretty good spring. Um, you know, a guy who I think is made for that ballpark. He's the definition of a post-hype sleeper. Yes. Like he was, everyone thought he was going to be the guy. Oh yeah. And he gave everybody reason to believe it. Absolutely. 38 homers in 2019. I everybody mean. kind of forgets. Everyone's got their eyes on Anthony Volpe. And mm -hmm. then, you know, like there's a, there's a really good chance that, you know, he, he does something special this year. And there's a chance he ends the year in a different uniform. Yeah. It's like, it's really a boomer bust pick, but you know, I feel like when you're trying to pick somebody to bounce back, you kind of have to go in that direction. The comeback kid. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I can't wait. I love baseball season. I love the Masters. I love the NBA playoffs. I love all of this. And it's just like such a fun time, especially working here. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just the best. All right. I'm going to throw this one at you to close it out. One big, bold prediction this baseball season. It can be a, it can be a player related, team related. What do you think? Dylan Cease wins AL Cy Young. Ooh. That's a good one. You think the command issues are, are completely, he got it under control enough last year. Yeah, he's got some, uh, he's, he's impressive. And okay. I, think the, I think the White Sox are going to be really good. And I think he's going to be a huge part of that. Okay. I am going to say Mike Trout makes his return to the postseason this year. I would love to see that. I think it would be incredible for the hobby if he did. Um. I just have to believe that, you know, I'm, I'm watching MLB Network and seeing their top 100 players in all of baseball, right? And you have Otani and Trout as one and two. And I'm like, they they did some things to address the pitching. They they did, you know, they... Syndergaard. Syndergaard, you know, Joe Adele is really swinging at the spring. Maybe he's going to finally kind of live up to it this year. If you have the number one and two guys and they're healthy all year, there's no reason you're not in an expanded postseason. I really, really hope that's the case. And I, I, I'm, I'm not an Angels fan by, by any means, but I'm a fan of like great baseball players. And those two are some of the, the most fun players to watch right now. So I would love to see them in the playoffs. And for Trout, you look at his alt, like you look at the all-time war list, and he is so high up there compared to players who have played 13 years longer yeah. than he has. And it's, it's really, really impressive. And if he can add some some uh, postseason bona fides to his already impressive resume, uh, it's going to be special. And as a, I'm not, I'm not a trout collector, mostly because I'm Maybe priced either. out of most yeah, of his same. things. But just as a, a hobby presence, I think it would be just phenomenal for all sports cards collectors. I think this is the year it happens. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand by that. You can play this back in a few months if they're out of it. And just hold it over me. <laughs> That's fine. I'll still stand by it.
For Jack Archer, I'm Ryan Green. Had some fun this week. We will be back again next week. If you've got questions for us here at PSA, anything you want us to address at PSA card on Twitter, tweet them at us. We will be back next week for another installment of the PSA pod. Thank you again for joining us.